Good morning, everybody. I'm going to ask the uh, Children's Church to stand and just go to their perspective uh, classes. I want to welcome all of you that are new to the assembly today. Those that are visiting, we have some wonderful guests that have visit. We get to see them once or twice, sometimes in a year, and we are very thankful for that. We have many who are on the road and on vacation as well, and we want to ask for traveling mercies for those that are not here today. Um, but I know that the reason you're here is that you came because you needed a word from God. Amen. Because that's probably the only thing that is worth, you know, we, we have each other, thank God, we have this beautiful church, thank God. But the Word of God is really actually what transforms and set us free in the end of the end. I want to say hello to some that I haven't seen and just a, a big wave of hello. To those that are online as well, welcome to Living Hope today. Um, I just really do know that God wants to do something today to help us, to encourage us. The next two weeks is the last two parts of Hold Fast, Be Refreshed. And we were just asking ourselves in the last, and maybe we just ask ourselves all the time, you know, why is it I'm not where I should be? And, you know, how come I don't have a greater understanding of God? How come I'm still struggling through the same thing that has been there for years? So before we start, I just really want to just spend that time in prayer and just bowing our heads and asking God to come and help you and help me as well to deliver this message and that you may have a deeper understanding of what God has already set before you for your freedom. Amen? He is for you, beloved, and he loves you here today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're going to do today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've already came. You came because we opened up our mouths and we lifted up our hands in worship just to, just to proclaim who you are, and Lord, you are here. We ask, Lord, that you would just take away all hindrances, all confusion, all oppression, all discouragement, Lord, long enough for the light of Jesus Christ to come in and to shine in these areas in our life. God, there are many questions we have many that have not been answered. Let this day be the day that those questions are answered. God, I thank you that you are here already in your power and your might, and we only have to come in a place of belief. God, we believe you are here, and you want to share your heart with us this day. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint my lips and give me grace that I need. I need you, Holy Spirit, more than anything this day to gird me, sustain me, and just give me the grace and the power to deliver this message the way you want me to deliver this message. And I pray this in Jesus' name. So the message is hold fast, be refreshed, part three. If you've missed part one and two, you have to go back and check it out. But the verse that we've been actually breaking down for the last several weeks is Proverbs, uh, Proverbs Psalm 23, 3, where he says, he refreshes my soul and he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And when we break it down and we say refresh, that part, he refreshes my soul, what we have discovered in the last several weeks is that truly because God wants to care for our welfare. He wants to provide. He wants to protect. He wants to lead us. And he, because he, he loves us. And he and what it says in the word is that he brings us back to life again. That's what refreshing means, that he brings us back. So many of us on our journey, we needed to be brought 
back because we lost sight of how good and big and mighty and loving our Father is. Not only that, he doesn't bring us back to the point of where we've actually left off. He brings us back to a new place. And that is so hopeful for us because sometimes going back to that place, you're going, it's ugly. I don't want to go back to that place. And thank God, God doesn't bring us back to that place. He brings us back from error and from wandering. And we have a tendency, beloved, all of us, no matter who you are, is just to be so distracted at times that we wander away from the path. And because of his namesake, that's what we heard last week, it says that because of his great welfare over his people, we can be assured, you and I today, that he will do what he has to do to lead us down that path of healing, restoration, of discovery, of revelation. He's going to bring us down that path of victory and that path of freedom. It's because of his namesake. When you see it in scripture and you break it down, he says, because of his perfection, he will perfect us. Because of his perfection, he will perfect us for all of us who are struggling with the thought that God has given up on you because you just don't get it, because of who he is, you can lift up your head today. You can lift up your head and say, God, you know, I know I've been struggling about the same thing over and over and over again, but because of your namesake, because of your glory, you will bring me down that path. And this is what I want to talk about, is I want to talk about that portion in the middle where it says, he guides me along the right path. The question we need to ask ourselves today is that will we let him lead us? Will we let him lead us? God has given us a path to follow, the tools to walk on that path, the instructions to stay victorious on that path, and to grow on that path. But we have discovered in the last several weeks that we, ha- we can actually take shortcuts and we can think that we can take detours and not get any consequences of those things. There are a whole lot of things that, that we are embracing today that are not, it's not God's will for you to be in a pattern of defeat or a pattern of discouragement or depression or, or fear and anxiety. There's something going on, something that has hindered us on that path. And that is what we've been discovering, that there are certain things, little pitfalls and hindrances that we've discovered in the last several weeks that will keep us off the path, not because God wills it, but because we don't let him lead. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it, but it ends in death. There's a path before each person here today that seems right, but it ends in death. Due to the lack of trust, I believe that's the reason we have such an issue with him leading us down this path. You got to remember, it's his path. (laughs) He's already ordained it. He already knows your tomorrow. But when we refuse to let him lead us down this path as we are going through our trials and, and struggles, we will actually take another path that seems right to us at that particular moment. But you just have to ask yourself, where did it lead you? Did it lead you to greater knowledge of God, a greater ability to have faith and trust him? Or did it lead you to a path of death? So 
We don't let God guide us when we're struggling and when we have events in our life. Nor do we stay on the path because we think God might not know what he's doing or that what we're going through is so overwhelming that we follow the, the, the event, but we stop following God as we're going through our hard times. And because of it, we have a hard time with submission. We don't submit to his ways. We don't submit to his instructions. And because of it, we never get refreshed. We never get brought back. We never get back to a place of something new. You know, and so it's always, and that's why the, the proverb says as well is that, you know, when hope is deferred, the heart gets sick. And what it means is deferred is it drawn out. There's so many things in our life gets drawn out. And you're going, God, where are you? And he said, I already gave you instructions. I already showed you the way on this path to get out so you can be more victorious and, and walk in freedom. And many of us, because of this issue of submission, we find ourselves going on our own paths. So how do we get, we have to figure out first, are we on this path first? How do we get on this path? Well, John 3, 3 says, Jesus declares this, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So none of us who are not born again, forget about trying to be led because you're not on a path. You have to get on the path first. And at that point, God starts leading our life. Before that, he isn't part of our life. And so born again uh, doesn't mean a physical rebirth. It's a spiritual one. It refers to a change of heart from indifference or hostility towards God to a place of love for him and a desire to live out his best for us. You see, we, for those who have already been born again, when we don't understand he wants the best for us, then we will actually always go to those paths that leads to death because we don't trust it. We don't trust him. But there's a time, beloved, that we have to take up that charge, that responsibility to let go of some of the lies that we've embraced on this path. But as we are seeking, as we are coming to that place of being reborn, what happens is that we need to know that we, we need to do this first. We must admit before we can get on that path, we have to admit our sin. Sin is that we've fallen short. It means that we didn't live up to God's perfect standard in our life. None of us can. That's the problem. We can't live up to that standard. That's why Jesus came. And then we must ask forgiveness for that sin and repent, which means that we make every effort in turning away from that thing that doesn't actually reflect God. Finally, we ask Jesus to be part of our life. That's when God's spirit, this is about the being born again, going on to that path. You can't get on that path unless you're born again. When we do all that, God's spirit penetrates our hearts to guide us on this path and helps us to be more like him. That's when we really know we're born again because our desires, our, our ways of thinking, our perspective, it changes. You see, God puts it this way. In Ezekiel 36, 30, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. From then on, he gives us a new purpose, a new goals for living. 
And we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who has richly blessed us. And so for us who've had the born again experience, we need to understand, we need to start evaluating and seeing if we're really in the faith or we're really are on this path. Because a lot of times if we were to examine what we do and how we do it, we have to come up and say, God, I actually don't live for you. I live for myself. And when I do, I choose these other paths apart from the one that you gave me. And it's only that path, praise God, that he has a sure foundation. Praise God that he doesn't change his mind every day. He says, this is the path. This is the way. These are my instructions. Walk in them. That's why we could follow, we can say we know truth, but it doesn't mean that we believe it and follow. And that is the crux of the, the, the ability of walking in that path. Now, when we look at the commentaries, what I found very funny is that when you looked at he guides me along that path, the commentaries talk about this issue of the lack of submission. This is what he says. I didn't say this. The commentary said it. He says, the Christian is not obedient to some commandments and neglect, like, neglectful of others. He does not pick and choose, but he yields to all of them. So being on that path, we have to learn, as Blackaby has been telling us in experiencing God, to be radically oriented to God's word. Because if we don't, I can guarantee you there will be a path that seems right to you, but it's not actually based on God's heart or his ways. So he says here, and the path that he's talking about is the path of righteousness. That's a big word. It means to do right, to walk according to what God is saying. And he says here, some Christians overlook the blessing of sanctification on this path. Now, sanctification makes, is, is about making holy, making right again, setting us apart. And for those who know what it is to have a renewed heart, we understand the importance that while we're on that path, we will make mistakes and sometimes choose the wrong path or take a detour to find ourselves back to this place and say, youch, I shouldn't have done that. I've made a poor decision. Now, I know God's grace and his forgiveness is over me. Thank God I'm on the path. There are so many things that are mine because I'm on the path. I've been born again. All of the benefits of my new life in Christ says that I am co-heir with Christ. That means everything that God gave his son now is mine. I have authority, I have position, I've been rescued, I've been chosen, I've been qualified, I'm warmly welcome. I don't have to actually debate those things anymore. They're mine. But there are many times we, take, we get off the path because of certain things that we're going through and we uphold certain truths, certain ways that don't belong to this path and find yourself going somewhere else in your Christian walk. And so he says here, we must not overlook this precious gift of sanctification when we make mistakes on this path because it is the sweetest gift that God has given us. That means that I don't have to stay the same. I don't have to repeat the mistake over and over again. Now it is about a choice. It's about obedience in that walk on this path. 
It is about keeping my heart renewed, refreshed, and hungry for God. It is about experiencing transformation. Who doesn't want to be changed here today? Who doesn't want to taste freedom or the goodness of God? Who doesn't want to actually walk in a pattern of victory with patterns and habits or attitudes that have always been part of who you are? We want freedom, but we are not willing to listen or follow nor obey the instructions that come along with the path. Are, are you kind of getting it? There is a path where our soul can get refreshed and brought back over and over and over again. Praise God. Huh? And for his name's sake, he will never quit on us. He will pursue us until the very end because he will keep his word over you. So if that's the case, then we need to understand that if we are walking in dark times, we're walking in a path of defeat or bitterness or unforgiveness or anger or fear or anxiousness, then we have actually fallen for the pitfalls and the hindrances that, wants, that, that, that takes us off this path. So we, need, so we talked about the importance of a clear conscience. That's just someone who just uses the biblical principles to keep them on the path. Clear conscience means that you, when you do wrong, you own it. You call it out. You admit your sin. You repent of it. You ask for forgiveness. You restore and you reconcile. We are so stubborn and so proudful that we just don't do anything when we hurt people. You see, what happens is that when Paul says, I make every effort to clear, to clear my conscience towards God and towards man, that this is his part. That's what he needs to do to stay on this path. If not, what happens is that we start listening to other voices, and those voices will lead us away from the path that refreshes us. Amen? And so we talked about the other hindrance of bitterness and unforgiveness. But I truly believe that in the end of the end, there are bigger issues here. And the bigger issue is what we saw with the commentary, is that some of us, we choose and pick some of the ways, instructions, and instructions on this path. Okay, you guys are silent. <laughs> I've seen this too many times. I've seen it in my life too. And I've seen and recognized the end result when actually I choose and pick the truth. And so when God is telling us he wants to lead us, then we have to say yes. It has to be a will decision. Not because I feel it, not because all my ducks are lined up. It is because of who he is on this path. And so the real reason, the real issue is a lack of submission and surrender. This is what submission is. To submit is to give is to give over or yield to the authority of another. Do you see how we would have a hard time with this one? Mm-hmm. We have issues just actually submitting and yielding to, to, you know, the voice of God because thinking that he's not good and that he's, he doesn't love us. And so because we don't believe that he can protect us and provide for us, we don't submit and we don't yield. So we take over the controls and we wonder why we're no longer on the path. And the path that seems right to me always leads to the same death. And 
To surrender is almost the same thing, but it's to yield something to another. Now, the other that we're talking about here, according to the word, is God. On this path, he's going to ask us to submit, to yield control to his authority because he's a God that cannot lie, a God that is more powerful than anything that you have ever experienced here on earth. He is one that is for you, that loves you, that has set in motion a plan and a purpose not to harm you, but to do you good. He has everything set up for you. But because of our issues with submission and trusting and surrender, we find ourselves building or, or on a different path. Charles Sand Stanley says this about the wonderful word of submission. He says, submission to this path will let God, you see, will let, you see that part? Will let God perfect you. Which means he's going to restore you, mend you, and render you complete and equip you for whatever you're going through. See, when we don't submit, we find ourselves with a lack of restoration. We are not completed in the task that's before us. And we find ourselves ill-equipped to face what we're going through. Another way says, when you submit to the path and you let God lead, it will establish you, which means that it's going to make you as solid as granite. Now, you know granite is virtually impossible to break. Don't you just want to experience that, that no matter what you're going through, no matter what event, what situation, what people, or what you have or don't have, you will be so established that you won't be greatly moved. He's going to make you stable, place you firmly, and render you constant. Don't you just hate the roller coaster ride that we're on when we don't trust or we don't let God lead us? It will, when we submit to the path and we let him lead, it will strengthen you, it, which means this, that it will make you strong and fill you with strength. It will settle, settle you, which means that it, there's going to be a foundation laid of faith in your life and your future with Christ. So many of us, our foundation has not grown, even though that you come in every Sunday and you hear truth. I want this truth to come to you today, that God has put you on the path. If you have had that born-again experience, you are on the path. And God has decided already to delight in blessing and providing and to keep you. And we have to make a decision now that if we persist in embracing and uplifting the lies that don't even come along with his handbook, when God says something, that means it is. When he gives you an instruction on that path, it's because he knows the end. When he gives you the way to deal with whatever is before you, you need to submit. And when you do, you will be restored. You will be mended. You will be staple and equipped. Not only that, you will be firmly rendered complete. You will be constant and strengthened. You will feel strong and you'll have the strength of another to keep you going forward. So the question is, how do we stay on this path? Well, we kind of know that first we need to deal with the issue with submission. And we need to see that the path was given to us for our good. And, but we need to understand something very critical so when we said yes to Jesus that day, he gave us a new life. Christ living in us 
is the key for you and I. Because we try to stay on the path in our own strength, and I have to tell you, you will fail over and over and over again. But the key to this is Christ living in you. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope means the joyful, confident expectation that my life doesn't have to stay this way. You see, when I'm on this path and God reveals or exposes an attitude or something that I'm not willing to submit or I'm not willing to let, be let, led, to be led by him, then what he shows me, he says, but Christ in you, Mona, that's your hope. And in the end, it will be my glory because you will change if you stay on this path and if you stay submitted to my truth and you follow through, then you will actually change in the end. See, your new life in Christ is truly a gift from God. He saved you from the wages of sin and now he's given you the blessing of a fresh start. Who's ever given you that in this world? It's not too often that people are merciful enough to give you a fresh start when you blow it with them. And when you do fall with people like that, you better keep them in your life because they're the type of people you want in your life. Because they demonstrate what God does to you over and over again. Because when he says he refreshes you on this path, that means when you actually make an error or make a mistake, he brings you back. He brings you back. And so here we see here in this scripture, in in this, this path, that your loving father encourages you to let him guide you, to lead you down this path. Because he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, how do we belong to Christ? We have to be born again. When we go by faith and we receive Christ and what he has done on the cross and the resurrection, then we are put on this path. This path doesn't mean that we will not suffer. It doesn't mean that we will not struggle. But it does mean that whenever things are going on, if we submit to his ways and his his instruction, the end result to it is that we will be strengthened. We will be made complete, restored. We will be stronger than before the event. That's what this path does. And because we have Christ living in us, we don't have to hope on everything else. You know, we, sometimes we hope if only we had this in our life. But beloved, that's so temporal. It comes and goes. But when, when we know that we're not walking alone in that path, that we have the, the living God in us, the Holy Spirit, we have a new heart, a new mind, a new nature. And in this path, there is absolutely no barriers, no nothing that could stop us unless we don't believe. So he says, if we belong to Christ, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life, what I used to do before I was on this path, is gone. And a new life has begun. So we need to understand to successfully walk on this path, you need to recognize what this new life is all about. The new way that you need to follow when faced with trials. You see, I used to deal with trials a certain way before this path. It was pretty much the same. Anxiousness. Stress. Fear uncertainty. See, that's how my old life used to deal with. But when I got on the new path, 
the Holy Spirit, the life of Christ in me, would actually show me the way through the scriptures and say, no, I want you to not fret because it's going to cause you harm. No, I need you to be anxious over nothing, but bring those requests to me, and I'm going to hear what you have to say, and I'm going to deal with this. We get all of the instructions in this new life to walk differently. If the, the old is gone and the new has begun, that means the beginning is always new because we always face something different every day, don't we? Or sometimes we're facing the same thing, but we're just not learning. We're not submitting to the way that God is showing us out. So he says here, to successfully walk, we need to recognize this new life. And we have a new purpose on that. Do you want to know what's the biggest hindrance to you on this life? One of the biggest hindrances to walk in your new life is trying to hang on to your old life by walking in the same ways you used to walk before. Oh, come on, say amen. Because you know that amen is not a good amen today. It's an amen because, oh my goodness, this is what I'm doing. And God said, no, 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 no. Uh, you're on a new path now, and I'm going to give you a new way to deal with these trials. I'm not going to tell you those trials are going to be there. there. We all have trials. We all have suffering. We all have. But because we're with God, we are put on this path, and he says, let me show you the way out. Let me give you instructions. Do you see why submission is important? Because submission will always lead you to obeying the call to do it his way. Why? Because it means I'm going to yield to his way and not my old way. Does that make sense? So the quote we heard last week was this. And it was one, because I was supposed to preach on sexual sin today. Which you're going, oh my goodness. It's totally different. It's a big hindrance, by the way, for this walk. But I really felt that so many of us really don't understand this new life we've been given. We don't understand the instructions nor the new way and the new heart that he's given us on this path. And we need to come and discover this. If this is, again, what you need to do, then praise God. There's no shame of it. Sometimes it's just, the puzzle doesn't just get fixed right off the bat. You're just going, ding, ding. And sometimes it takes several months and maybe several years to go, whoa, wait a minute. I'm choosing this way. When God is saying, when you are faced with this, this is how you choose this. And this is what we said last week in this, in the quote. The Bible isn't an assistant to your old way of life. It's a doorway to your new life in Christ. See, when you're confronted with something in this path, and it's usually with truth, you will always have a choice to do it your way or God's way. And you're saying, well, how? what is God asking me to do? That's why it's so important that we do know what the word means, what the word is saying about different things. Let me give you an example. I was faced with a, a young man many years ago who actually would always come, and when we talked about the body of Christ and we talked about loving one another, oh, my goodness, he was back there so struggling, and you could tell he was angry, and, and he would come and see me afterwards and say, well, I don't get it. it this is all about 
trying to let the Bible be an assistant to your old life, okay? It's a doorway to your new life. So when God brings truth, he's telling you this is the new life. This is the new way. And so here that day I'm talking about the love of God and how that we, out of the love of God, we are going to love each other. We're going to serve each other. We're going to care for each other. And he came and said, well, no, no. God is not asking me to let people into my life. He knows I have problems trusting God. God loves me the way I am. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. Did he just use the scriptures to assist his whole life? Yes, he did. But we do this often as well because when we are need-based, let's just say there's a need in front of us. And instead of going and staying on that path and knowing that God wants to provide, you're going to use a whole lot of things to justify why you were responding this way. Well, God knows I need to provide for my family. God knows I have issues with people, so therefore I can't trust them. God knows. Oh, yes, he does. But he gave you a new path. He gave you a path, the Holy Spirit and the power to do the actually the impossible, but also the things that you are not able to do, he will do through you. And so many of us, we say, well, God knows what I need to do with, for my family. No, beloved, if what you are doing doesn't fall into this path and you continue to persist in the old way of doing life, then you are unsubmitted to the very ways that God is asking you to walk out, whatever it is, finances, relationship, or whatever. Many people say, well, you know, if my wife could actually give me what I need, I wouldn't have to go to pornography. Listen to me, beloved. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to death. And we need to recognize that when we are out of sort, and we look at the way that we're responding to people, to event, and it doesn't reflect the way that the path that we have been put on, we need to be quick to say, God, refresh me. God, bring me back to that place where I can glorify you because that path had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do that you and you and you are looking to my life to find hope one more time because what you've embraced brings such defeat and despair. And, I, you know, the one thing that really gets me going, I'm not angry, but let me tell you, it gets me going. When people use scripture to actually justify what they are doing when it's wrong it's wrong and unless you start admitting it this is lying this is cheating this is fear this is anxiety this does not show God to anyone but they only demonstrate me I can't yield I can't give control I don't believe is in his authority but beloved while you do that what you sow, you will reap. And God says, come back to the path. Choose my ways. Ephesians 4, 21. See, God understands us. And that's what I said to this man. God does understand you, but he loves you enough to not keep you this way. Don't excuse your inability to love others because you are bitter. That's the issue here. You're bitter and unable to love because you don't want to forgive. So don't excuse what you're doing. Get back on the path and call it what it is. And when you do, when you submit, 
Oh, you will be made complete. You will be mended. You will be stable. You will be constant. You will be strengthened. Oh, beloved, it is time that we choose his path. Ephesians 4, 21 20 to 24 says this. I know that you heard about him. You and I, we've heard about him. And you are in him. And so you were taught the truth. What were you taught? The truth in Jesus. You were taught to leave your old self, to stop living the evil way you lived before. You know, the evil way is a way that we think is better than God's. That old self becomes worse. When you don't stop, it becomes worse because people are fooled by the evil things they want to do. But you were taught to be made new in your heart, to become a new person. That new person is made to be life God made, to be truly good and holy. God is in the business of transformation, transforming our lives. But there is a path you must choose to walk on. And on this path, you will discover the new way that you need to deal with this situation, whatever it be, relational, financial, or heart issue. You will discover the new path, the new plan, the new purpose for your life. Ephesians 3.20, when you follow this path, it says, Now to him who is able to do, who is the him, Christ in me, who is able to do the immeasurable more than all we can ask or imagine, according to what? His power that is working in us. For us to excuse what we're doing and say, I have tried, you have failed to understand, on this path, you were given another. You were given Christ in you. And you should never settle for darkness. When you see that you're unsubmitted to ways of God and to the instructions that he's given you and how to love your wife and how to deal with your finances and how to deal with people, if you see the instructions and you know his way, don't justify, just do it. And he will refresh you, beloved. As you choose to submit to this new life on this path, you will experience change and freedom. And that is the key and the reason why so many of us are still where we are. Because we don't want to yield to his authority on this path. And so we jump off and we create our own path. And you know what we're pretty good at it? And what's so sad is we stay on this other path way too long. That is why the Bible is the doorway. It's the guide for you and I to walk down that path. The Holy Spirit is the power that keeps us on that path. You see, without the Bible, you will have a hard time recognizing God's voice and knowing his ways and his plans. Now, do you understand why the enemy wants you out of your word? You understand why he doesn't want you to study it, why he distracts you, why he gives you other things you need to do? It's because while you're on this path, you will never actually experience the supernatural and the change that you're seeking for. The word of God works hand in hand with the Holy Spirit and the two of them together, they're powerhouses and they walk with us. They cocoon us on this path. But sometimes we have a big gap here because we have no word. And sometimes we have a big gap here because we don't let the Holy Spirit lead us. We lead ourselves. And these are a journey we have to recognize. We have to learn. 
Instead of being led by God's spirit, you will be led by your own inclinations, namely the desires of your flesh. Remember, submission is the path where you will get perfected and equipped. You're going through certain things here. Don't get off the path, but choose to submit to what God is showing you right now. That means you have to actually adjust your life. You have to follow, then you have to obey when you're faced with the event. And every time you do that, all of the stuff that comes with submission, establishment, mending, stable, constant, will come to you. You need to trust God because he always has something better for you. God will continue to lead you down this path of victory by providing the tools you need to stay on this path. Now, if I were to, go to tell you I'm going this afternoon to uh, climb a mountain, not Sugarloaf because it's too small, but I'm going to the other side to climb, and it takes many hours and sometimes even a half a day to a full day to go climb a journey. I'm going on a journey to climb. Now, you and I know that I can say, well, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do 12 kilometers. But you kind of understand that I have to be adequately fit to do that or else I probably won't survive it. So we kind of have to look at certain things when we go on a journey. When we go on a path, we're going hiking, we have our backpack. And we have to understand that that backpack has to have the right amount of things. So I asked my son to give me his backpack, and I don't know what he put in there, but it's already very heavy, you know. But I know that on my path, as I journey, I have to actually bring my Bible with me, okay? Because my Bible is my, it, this, this is the word, this is the instruction. That's the, God's plan, okay? And so I need to know. And there are many times in life, too, that I have to go and get other things because I have to prepare and pack my bag because I'm going on a long journey. You and I are going on a long journey. So what I would do is I would make sure that I bring, uh, you know, some, some sheets or clothing that I need to get changes to get. I get really sweaty and I stink and I kind of need that. And I need some instructions maybe because I don't know where I'm going and kind of need some, uh, you know, uh, tools like instructions like a map. And sometimes we do need actually water, very important. But not just that, we need bug repellent. Oh, without that you die. But oh, maybe, maybe I need my makeup. Mm. No. But it is an amazing. There are certain things we want to bring on this pack that we think that we need. So as I'm traveling, I know that I put this pack on me. If I have everything, no matter what I face on my journey, I'm going to get to that end. I'm going to get to the end because I've already prepared my backpack. And my backpack has everything that I need. Well, this is the same thing. See, the journey, my journey has a destination. And I can't ask someone else to prepare it for me. It's because that task falls on me. I could have said to Daniel, hey, Daniel, can you put this stuff in my backpack? I'm going on a journey for 12 kilometers. Can you pack my bag? What certainty do I have that he just packed my bag like I did? There's none. I can't ask somebody else to pack my bag. It's my task. I need to pack it. The same is true to our walk with Christ. You have to own your walk, and that includes being prepared for the day-to-day -day situations of your life. As you daily prepare to walk, you need to know and you know how to use, utilize the contents of this backpack which are the tools that God has given us. In this backpack, as I journey this path, God has given me his word, 
word. He's given me his Holy Spirit. He's given me the tool of prayer. He's given me the body of Christ to encourage me. And I, I can't do it. I can't do this. No, you can. Get up. Keep on doing it. He's given us all of these things because he wants us to experience freedom on this path. So how do we stay true to this path? Well, it comes back to my backpack. If I haven't filled this backpack, then I will actually be incomplete in my journey. So God has given us the word. And the word, we need to use it to abide in it. As you begin to walk out your new life in Christ, there are many instructions that are given to you. That's why the word and growing is impossible if you don't have the word. And so the word, uh, Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to guide me, to guide my feet, and a light for my path. He loves you so much that he gave you instructions on how to live and how to walk with him. This is the crux of the problem that we have in all the churches today and why so many of God's children are not walking as they should is that they have not packed their bags. They have not taken their backpack. They have not filled their backpack. And now they're journeying and they're feel, they are unable to complete the journey. And God has given us a backpack as we started. He gave us his life, the Holy Spirit. But then he said, now I'm going to give you a backpack with the word and the tool of prayer and study and all of that. And the more that you dwell in and utilize what's in your backpack, the more you will be able to follow through on this path. If you want to truly walk in Christ, then you need to be a person of God's word by abiding and studying it for yourself. But you also have to allow the word to permeate your life, knowing he will faithfully transform and renew your thoughts to him. See, God's word is the most important key to your discipleship, your life, and your success on this path. So what is required for this path? We need to walk by faith. I'm coming to an end. I only have a few things. Now, I saw 2 Corinthians 5. We know this verse, but I took it in the NCV where it says this. We live by what we believe, not by what we see. To walk, biblically, it means to live by faith. How you live for Christ, as well as how and where you choose to keep your eyes and mind focused, truly matters. Many of us are swayed from the waves and the fires of our life. And we're so swayed that we totally forget to bring our backpack as we journey through our events and situations. And we find ourselves unable to complete the journey. No matter what you are experiencing, you're currently dealing with right now, you cannot focus only on what you see. Rather, you need to walk by faith. It's to walk regardless of what you see while you trust God for the outcome. So many of us, like I said, a lot of times we go to the need instead of the truth. Now, we all have needs. And when we have needs, we say, well, God knows I need this. God knows I need that. But if I choose things and decide things in those needs that bring destruction to other people, then you kind of understand you're following somebody else. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit. God would never let you go through or decide something that would ultimately kill your marriage. Would he do that? Would God let you down a path? Would it ultimately kill your ability to love and nurture your children? 
No. And so there are so many things that he's teaching us. And he says, you have to walk regardless of what you see. And you have to remember that I have the outcome already. So how do we stay on this path? Is we need to be rooted in Christ, the word of God. Colossians says this. He wants us to be established. He says, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so continue to live in him. But most of us, we live in ourselves. Keep your roots deep in him and have your lives built on him. Be strong in the faith just as we are taught and always be thankful. God created you and I to be closely closely rooted in, connected to, and established to him. You need to be rooted in the fertile soil of Christ through the tools that he's provided you. You see, you're responsible for your backpack. I'm not. But it's amazing how we do actually blame the things of our life because we're not actually dealing, we're not walking in freedom. And so here he says that that soil that he's provided for you, he's allowing, you need to allow him to cultivate it in your heart and he needs, and you need to use the tools to bring cultivation to that soil too. And that's where the word of God comes and the Holy Spirit. See, the soil is the key. The soil that we are planted in makes the difference. You and I were planted in Christ. You and I know, but we have to cultivate that soil now, beloved. It is up to us if we're going to have strong roots and be firmly planted or not. And so it could be because you don't like or dislike other things or you don't have or don't, and you might be doing that, but really, truly, it's up to you if you're going to be firmly rooted. And the last thing is how do we succeed on this path? This depends on how you listen and how you follow. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Many of us are listening to this word today. But I can guarantee you, we deceive ourselves into thinking just because we listen to it that we're going to be okay. You're only okay if you do it. Because in doing the word, that means you're submitting to God's purposes, his ways, his thoughts on this path for you. And when you don't, then you will find yourself actually in that path of destruction. Many voices call out for your attention today. Many voices will, you will hear in your head. And they will tell you to go a path and to go away. Remember what Proverbs says, there's a path that seems right to you. But if it doesn't line up to the word of God, beloved, and if you are excusing the way that you're responding because you think there's a need behind it and that you have to provide, then you need to understand you are walking wrongly and you're going to choose different paths. You have to come back. You want to be refreshed. You need to come back to his word. They also, a lot of times, these paths, these voices lead us down the wrong path and we need to only listen to him. We need to get good at hearing his voice and not conforming to everything else that's screaming at us. God wants to transform you and I, but you need to listen to him through abiding in his word, studying his word, and growing in him. The deeper your roots go, the more you build in him, the more you will experience that freedom you so long for, just that sense that God is near. The question is always this, Will you listen to him, and will you allow him to lead you? And that will rely, that will depend on how you rely on the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about next week, so we're not going to touch that at all. 
But I believe that part of what's in our pack today is prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Many of us, we call to God, but we're not quiet, we're not silent, we don't wait, and, and we, we, we dwell about this much. We do it for a day, 24 hours. God didn't answer me. Beloved, there's just so much junk going on in your head, you can't even distinguish his voice. It will take being still for a bit. It will take going back to the word and saying, God, I'm not moving. I am so sick and tired of living my way because this is what I've done. I didn't put to death how I deal with my finances. No, I'm still doing this. I have no conviction that it's wrong. See, this is where I always have a problem with most people is that when I tell them this is God's way, they'll say, well, that sounds good, but, you know, I know that what I need to do. But if what you're doing leads you down a path of death and you drag your family with you, then you need to understand it's not God's path. That means you have an issue with submission and you need to deal with that issue. God, I need to be restored. Now I know what the problem is. I don't want to yield to this path. I don't want to yield to the way. I don't want to yield to the instruction. But I'm going to call to you. You say, if I call to you, you will answer me. And I will wait until you show me great and unsearchable things. I will do the communicating. God, I will walk with you. You see, if you never talk to me and I never talk to you, how are you ever going to know me? How am I going to know you? We won't. You need to talk to God. You need to stop lifting up your old ways. It always will bring you to the same thing. When you self-protect, when you do it on your own, it will always bring to, it leads to ashes, emptiness, unfulfillment, unsatisfied. God says, call to me. It is an incredible gift that he's given you. And it's one that he wants you to keep in your backpack as you travel. It's an opportunity to talk to him, to intercede for the things that are before you, to cry for help, and so much more. The one who's given you life, he's calling you to call upon him. He wants to hear from you. If fear is what keeps you off this path, then you need to understand the issue about fear is uncertainty, powerlessness. That means you have issues with submission and control because you don't believe God is big enough to keep you. That's where you need to start. This morning, it is a chance for you to call on him. He wants to tell you something. He wants you to pick up your backpack. Stop blaming everybody else. Stop telling yourself, if only I had a house, then I would not have any problems on this path. If only I could just move, then this path would be better for me. If only I was healed, then this would be this. No, beloved, you got to understand, all of those things are wonderful things, and God says, I will give you everything. He wants to bless you. But when we make it about these things, I can guarantee you, you will choose your own way to try to fulfill it. And when you do, your old life will get worse. And you will not tap into grace, joy, or strength. 
But in submission to his path, you will be brought to be established again, restored, mended, stable one more time. And it won't mean that that problem will dissipate right off the bat, but what it will mean is that you will not go to your old self to deal with it. You will stay on the path. God, your way says this, I'm yielding to you. I'm yielding to you. And I want to finish with this verse. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like what? A tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear when heat comes. It leaves, uh, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I want to be that type of tree. I know that God has already ordained me to have that tree, to be like that tree in my life. And as long as I learn to submit to his ways, you see, we fear a whole lot of stuff, but we don't really fear God. You just have to ask yourself, how many times did God have to actually get your attention about one thing? If he has to get your attention with this one thing that keeps on repeating in your life, you kind of don't have any fear of God. And you're not understanding. God, he won't change his love for you. Nothing can separate it. But you won't walk in that pattern of establishing. And God, because he loves you, will always come. He'll always say, come on, I want to refresh you. Come on, I want to bring you back. Come, I want to bring you back. But he won't move, beloved, because that's how great God is. His foundation is sure. If God has been trying to get your attention today, you've got to understand he's the only way. He's the only way out of your problems. He's the only way to deal with whatever you're dealing with. And if you are just struggling with the basics of just packing your backpack or just walking on the path without the backpack and you refuse to do what he's asking you to do, you got to understand where you start is on your knees. That's where you start. God loves you. And he's already decided that those that trust him, blessed Happy is the man and woman that trust and have confidence in God. That path was given to us to lead us out, beloved. And it will keep us until the day he comes back to get his church. And we are his church. There is a choice to be had today. And that choice is up to you. And as you take that time to decide what you need to yield, what you have forgotten to put in your backpack, what excuses you've used about not trusting God for whatever. And if you don't know how to walk out life, then the word of God will tell you how. But you have to learn to listen, follow, and obey. And when you do, beloved, life, it's a game changer. It really is. We're going to listen to a song called The Way. And as we listen, if you feel that you want to come up, and just first, if you don't know that you're on that path, then you have to have the reborn experience. That means you have to admit, God, I'm incomplete. I, I, I've sinned, and I need you, and I need forgiveness. And you start there. You start there. But if those that have been on the path, and you have never experienced that establishing, that strengthening, and just that change that should so happen on this journey for us, 
then there are places where you're not willing to submit. And God is just saying, call to me. I'll answer you, and I will show you unsearchable things. That's the God we follow. Amen? But he will not change the path for you. This is the path. He's already ordained it. He said, can you trust me for it? Can you trust me? Confidence is in a God that is powerful, that he has not lied, and he's already established. Can you put on that song for me, please? song. So we're just going to stay there. Don't worry about it. Just play the music. I don't want anything to hinder what God is trying to show you today. Because I truly believe many of us just forgot the life of Christ that's in us. We forgot about the power. We forgot about the word. We forgot about our backpacks. And God said, now you need to actually start packing. You start doing what you need to do. And as you walk this journey, you will see a difference in how you perceive things and how you live out life. I, I want this. Holy shit. These are before God comes to get me. That the church of Christ will rise again and understand the power that they were given and the tools they were given to walk. that you have got just spoken to us about what you've already put before us, God. You've given us a path to refresh us, Lord, a path that has a, a new way, instructions, and a purpose and a plan. And God, as we choose to let you lead us on this path, every time we choose you over us, Lord, that we will experience a new, a refreshing, a restoration, an establishing, and a sense of being constant and stable one more time. God, and every time we do, God, we taste a little bit of your goodness and your power and your strength in our life. And God, that gives us a greater ability to trust you as the days go on, Lord. I ask, Lord, that the people would recognize that they have to actually pack their backpack, Lord, that they have to abide and read the word and study so that we can understand and recognize your voice as we walk this path. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a revelation for your people that you've already given everything that they need, but they have to, as I said, they have to cultivate that soil. And God, we want deep roots today. God, I pray for deep roots. I pray for a connection. I pray, Lord, for a building up of them in you today, God, and that they would just put you before themselves every day and ask, Lord, how, is, how do I walk this, Lord? And Lord, just show them through the word the path they are to take. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for their willingness to come and to hear the word. Lord, I thank you, God, that they are here today, present. I ask for a blessing from heaven upon them. I ask for an open heaven, Lord, for a restoration, a healing, God, that would set them on this path like no other time, Lord. Lord, I pray for a double portion of faith and grace to be upon them, Lord, because grace flows from heaven, Lord. We may reject it and we may hinder it, but God, it always is free flowing, God. We ask, Lord, that they would see this from you, God. And we praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do. 
And as they called upon you, they would remember that you want to show them unsearchable things, God, just the riches of your presence, God, as they walk this path. Lord, thank you, Lord, for their humility, their integrity. Thank you, Lord, for their willingness to just put yes, to say yes to you, Lord, as they walk forth from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. May God bless you.